Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Get Singing Lessons podcast. We are talking about the Nine Steps to Vocal Mastery course, and today is all about vocal health. Now, there's a lot about our instrument being a human body, and there are a lot of things that come into play with our health because unlike like I've said previously, other instruments like horns and keyboards and guitars, they're already set up. They're ready to go. They're waiting for us to bring them to life. But with our instrument as a human body, it does so many other things. Like we've said, it eats, it sleeps, it has emotions. It doesn't feel 100% all the time. So when we want to turn on and be that instrument and be a singer, um, our body is battling all this other stuff being human as well as trying to be an instrument. So we need to help it and understand what we need to do so we can be the best instrument no matter what is happening with our bodies. Um, So there's a lot more that comes into play. Um, And I hope that makes sense to you. So today we're going to go through a whole bunch of things when it comes to vocal health because Just in general, without your health, you're nothing. (laughs) So we want to make sure that you understand what's happening with your body when you're singing. So many people learn uh, learn how to sing but have no idea what what their instrument actually is or what's even happening in their body, which really doesn't make any sense because you you learn how to strum a guitar, you learn how all the parts of a guitar, you learn all the parts of a keyboard or a horn, you spend the time studying the instrument. Well, the human body is the same and it's a little bit more complex, but honestly, it's just knowledge. It's just understanding what you're using, okay? And we are a horn in general as far as um, (laughs) uh, we are set up to fill up air and make sound come out of us. And that is what a horn does, right? So uh, let's go through a couple of things to start off with. I'm going to talk about um, the vocal parts that we have, (laughs) that we use. And in Body Alignment, the first episode, we talked about using our, our full body to be our vocal instrument. So just to name what we use, Um, I'm going to do that now, okay? So with our body, let's start at the top. Um, We use our nasopharynx. Remember, breathe in and out through your nose. Okay, all that chamber upstairs, our head, that's where our air can go for our belt and our head voice and our speech quality high voice. So we use that and let that vibration hit upstairs so that we can... um, sing those colors Um, so we use that's the first part that we use in our body as we go down we um, have our articulators our speaker which is our lips teeth tongue jaw hard palate soft palate and that's all in our oropharynx so breathe in and out through your mouth okay it's it's all the how we shape our vowels and our sound and our horn As we go further down the body, we have our uh, windpipe, our air pipe, okay, which travels out, you know, the air to come out our mouth and down from our lungs. So we we need that pipe. That's really important. And we call that also the trachea, 
all right? As we go further down, um, we have our larynx and our larynx is our voice box. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that today. Um, what we use that for, how we use it, how we use it wrong and how we use it right. So we have that larynx. As we go further down um, the body, we have our lungs where we, you know, have our air and grow our air. Underneath our lungs and our chest, we have our diaphragm, which we talked in breathing, which we need to use so we can get a full tank of air. From our diaphragm, as we go further down into our core, um, for body alignment and to get our center of gravity, remember, we need to put our weight forward and stress um, into the bottom muscles, the bigger muscles in our body so that all that upstairs can be relaxed and loose to do its job. So we do use um, our gluteals, our butt, <laughs> and we do use our thighs and our upper legs and our you know, lower legs when we're standing um, to ground our body so that our instrument can be ready to go. And even the balls of our feet, so um, our weight is more on that front forward um, feel so that we can, uh, our, where our larynx is, can be loose. All this plays a part. So we really use our whole entire body to sing, okay? Um, at the end of this podcast, again, I will tell you where you can go check out the micro course on health. And I, I really encourage you to go check it out because w- when you understand knowledge is power, once you understand what your instrument actually does and can picture it and see it in diagrams and understand what you're actually using – it makes everything a little bit easier because you start picturing what's actually happening and not just um, assuming or guessing what is going on inside you. It really helps, which makes sense, right? So from there, I'm going to go into onsets. If you've never heard this word before, onsets is part of our larynx, like I was just saying, our voice box. And this is a part of our body that we use so that the air can come through so we can make our sound and the air can go to different parts of our body. But it goes through our voice box, all right? And that's called our larynx. And there's things that we can do with our larynx to be healthy and to hurt ourselves when we sing or stop us sounding amazing. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. So the first one we have on onsets is there's three, well, there's four, but three I'm going to really explain today. The first one is simultaneous flow phonation. That one's got quite a long name, but really all it means is where you speak normally is what we want to be happening with our larynx. Now, because this is a podcast, I can only explain the best I can um, without pictures and diagrams, but just stick with me right here, okay? So you have your windpipe okay which is just a tube and on top of that tube you have two lips so um, you know the lips you have on the front of your face imagine two lips like that sitting on top of 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 a pipe okay and those lips every time air comes through that pipe going in or out those lips open up and they close and how we can be healthy or unhealthy with this action It um, all depends on how uh, much we can stress these lips out 
or put air on these lips or bash these lips or actually be relaxed with these lips. So again, picture that, uh, the, the pipe with the two lips sitting on top and the healthy one is the one we use every day. The lips just open, every time air goes through the pipe, the lips open and close like when you talk like I'm doing right now and it, they're soft and they're easy and they're not hurting each other and they're just opening cl- and, and closing. And that's what simultaneous flow phonation is. Now, whether you're belting a note um, or speaking or rapping or doing any style, you want your folds, these are called true folds, these lips, to literally just be doing, being really relaxed and doing exactly what you do when you speak. And we have for simultaneous flow phonation, it's air before the sound coordination of airflow and vocal fold action is simultaneous and effortless okay which is exactly what i just said in layman's terms just before the folds which means the lips are just nice and thick and healthy right it we usually we do use this uh action when we are speaking or doing verses for a song and it leaves our folds our true folds in perfect condition all right so we just want these lips to open up and close and we want that to happen no matter if we're belting and screaming or if we're doing any kind of style of music now from there we're going to go to the other onsets Um, and there's always extremes with anything right so we have one extreme and then we got to go to the other end and there's another extreme so the first bad onset we're going to talk about our cautious onset is soft onset which is bad phonation okay now soft onset is soft breathy air before sound which continues to be heard through a tone the folds are thin and stiff um, singing with continuously breathy tone like this okay Staying in constant chest and head voice, which is your extreme range where you are trying to create sound. And it dries your folds and and can leave your folds permanently scarred if you dry them out too much. So let me explain all this. So soft onset, remember we're talking about the pipe with the lips on top of it, the true folds. If I whisper, you can hear that air is coming out out of my sound. So what's happening inside is those lips are opened up and stay open because there's constant airflow coming out of the the windpipe. And what what happens when you get lots of air on your lips? They become chapped, they become dry, and they can crack and they can bleed. Well, it's the same thing for your inside lips, your true folds. If you constantly put air in your sound, you can dry them out, and that can cause a lot of problems. Also, when you dry them out too much, if they end up cracking and bleeding and you know getting sore they might also scar when they heal and if you have scar tissue on on your true folds on those lips you can end up having a very growly voice like this which is something we don't want so to avoid this what you want to do is never whisper tell everybody you know whispering is really bad for you I know we think whispering is um, looking after our voice and taking care of it, but it's actually causing more damage and drying out your voice box. So whispering is out. 
when you are singing and you hear a song and it, it has like a really whispery sound on it, ain't no sunshine, right? Most of the time that recording, that is what is produced after the recording. The person has sung it really clean, ain't no sunshine, right? And with reverb and delay and effects, they put that and overlap those effects on top of a clean voice that's recorded to give it that sound. So when we hear, you know, a finished recorded product and hear all that extra color on top and we mimic it, it's actually not the right thing that we need to be doing. That's what our microphone does. That's what effects can do on a microphone to give you that tone. We do not create it. Also, when you're singing really low in your chest voice or really high in your head voice, there's, because you're at your extremes of your range, your sound, the actual sound that you're producing in your extremes is less. It's like 10%. And we fill up air on that sound so that we actually have something to fill up, okay, to actually make the sound come out. If I try to go low and not put air in, I can't. But if I use that 10% in that low range and put air in it, hey, hey, the sound will come out with that air. And we do not want to be using this color or style for every single note in a song or for a set or a show. We use this color in a song for one or two notes to bring it, ain't no sunshine when he's gone, to give it that 3D feel. So we use it, but not constantly. It's really important to keep a clean sound, simultaneous flow phonation, all right? So also when you're sick and people get swollen glands and you're feeling gross, (laughs) people tend to whisper and try to think they're helping their voice while they're sick and then get laryngitis for the week after because they've done more damage. So when you're sick, just talk quieter. Bring back your volume, okay, because you are sore or try not to talk as much so that the swelling can go down, but don't put air in your sound because you're causing more damage. So that's soft onset, that's one extreme. So the main key there is don't whisper, don't put air in, okay? Now we're gonna go to the other extreme, which is glottal attack. So you can go from whispering to when you're belting, hey, 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 okay? Which um, you don't wanna rip your folds Um, apart now so again we've got our pipe and we have those two lips that sit on top of the pipe and the air comes in and out what happens with glottal attack is when we're going to bellow and make a big noise our brain signals to these lips you're going to make a big sound so they hold the lips really tightly together really firmly together and when you make the sound hey the lips open up and slam back together Imagine bashing your lips together, right? Now, a song usually goes for three or four minutes. So imagine bashing your lips for three or four minutes or punching your lips for three or four minutes. What's going to happen? They're going to swell up, bruise, bleed, hurt. So that's why we use, when we talked about the five voices um, before, going into our nasopharynx and not oropharynx, okay? When we open up the velaport and go into the top part of our head, This is where we keep our simultaneous flow phonation going in our speaking. Hey, 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 It's nice and clean and our folds are just opening and closing like we're speaking. 
okay? Because we've let the air not be all strained into our larynx, into our voice box. It goes up into our head, into our cranium, and it has a bigger storage system where the air goes so it can filter out our oropharynx, filter out our mouth, and not have pressure on our voice box, okay? Again, if this is all making sense but a little confusing, I have all this properly documented with diagrams and pictures and exercises all in my health course in nine steps to vocal mastery on the website stick around i'll tell you more where that is to help you grow this information okay today i'm just again wetting your whistle about explaining what's happening um so glottal attack is really bad if you're doing it in your throat and the reason why we do this straight away is because where we speak we think okay well i speak here so i'm just going to extend the way i speak hey hey the thing is if you use the technique that you use that uh, when you're speaking it can only go so far and it causes damage we have to change our technique for belt and for big beautiful notes into a different range in our body and set it up differently so that we're not hurting ourselves and that's what twang and belt is all about that is what about why glottal attack is a bad phonation it's not good for us okay because uh, let me just go through the glottal attack um, extreme folds closed before sound which we've explained built up of subglottal pressure underneath the lips and when you produce a sound the folds fly apart and slam back together the folds are thick and inefficient it's when you're yelling shouting from oropharynx from our mouth again puts pressure on our folds and strains and, and it also can create nodules, all right? If you've ever heard that word before, if you've been in the singing world, it's when you get blisters on your lips. And if you've ever had a blister on, on your lips, on your mouth, it's the same inside. And those blisters can pop and again scar and give you this voice so you can't sing ever again because you've been using bad technique, all right? And that's not what we want. It can lead to scarring and really hurt. So you have to have the right technique for belt and all the rock singers and uh, singers that use a really big sound in their style and survive, it's because they're using this front technique, all right, and using twang and bringing the sound to the front of their face. So if you have a classical background, um, an opera background, the technique is different. It's more on the back. It's placed more on the back and can move forward, but it's not as forward as it is in the contemporary world. So it's really important learning these skills. And again, I have all these in my courses. Um, so I want you to go check all that out. Um, but before we tell you where to go, the last piece of information on this little health run I'm talking about today is a lot of people ask me about food, singing and food. Like how does all this play a part when you're singing or rehearsing or recording? So I'm going to go through a couple of them couple of them today again there's a lot of different theories with what people decide they want to do with their voice and not want to do with their voice even with warm-ups and things like that so these are just my suggestions okay and in my 30 plus years what makes sense to me and what I've seen with my clients um, and I've had quite a few so let's start with number one uh, water a lot of people love to drink a lot of water when they're singing and I get if you're drying out if you've got great technique, you won't dry out. And you go, what? Like if, you, if you're doing all the right technique that I do explain in my courses, 
then your body is like talking. You won't dry out unless you have a medical condition. So most people are drinking water because they're putting too much air in their sound and having to gulp down heaps of water. Now, the problem with consuming things while you're trying to sing, being a a human body, our body doesn't want to do a thousand things at once. Okay, so eating or drinking while singing, your body has to process that while you're trying to do something else, which gives them two things to worry about, which is not right. Okay, so drinking a lot of water makes your body have to worry about the water and not worry about singing and technique. So if you need water, obviously, if you're up on stage and you're it's coming out of your pores because you're sweating like a crazy person, which I do because I have high energy shows. Yes, you need to refuel your body with water. Absolutely. But if you're just drinking water because you're dry, it's because your technique is wrong. OK, your water, you're not meant to be drinking gallons and gallons of water thinking it's helping me. OK, the next thing to let's talk about eating uh, during a show, before a show. Um, not good. Again, if you eat a big steak or any kind of food, no matter what your food group is, if you eat before you sing, your body is processing and try to masticate and, and, you know, all the acids are going crazy. Your body is trying to deal with the food and then you wanted to try to sing on top of that. That's not fair. Why make it do that? Okay. So if you want to eat before a show, um, and make sure you have enough energy, Eat an hour beforehand. If you had a really, if you're gonna have a really big meal, an hour and a half beforehand, maybe two hours, okay, and so that your body has time to get rid of the food and it's in your body as energy and not trying to deal with it. So you're not fighting to try to sing and you know deal with uh, yeah your food trying to go into your body. Um, the next thing is so I hope that makes sense. The next thing is let's talk about milk and dairy products yes milk and dairy products do create more mucus um, in the body but again if you've got good technique you can get around it but just avoid drinking any milky stuff before a show do it all after the show you know eat well before you start and do all that stuff later on I'm not telling you not to do it just not while you're singing or just before you start singing So milky products do produce a lot more mucus, okay? And while it's in my head, let's talk about, you know, when somebody goes and starts talking for a conference and they try to clear their throat before they start to talk and they go, (coughs) right? And then through the whole presentation, they are coughing and they didn't cough once beforehand before they cleared their throat. What's happening in the body when uh, when that happens is, When you clear your throat, you're sending a signal to your brain to say, oh, I'm choking. So it brings more mucus down to move what uh, to come down to try to clear your throat. So if you try to clear your throat for no reason, thinking you need to before you go and sing or go and do a speech, you're actually causing more mucus to come down and, and be on a cycle of having to clear your throat. So if you have something in your throat, you have to lightly clear it. <laughs> you don't want to signal the brain to bring more mucus down. Just a little tip. I see it all the time. People start to talk or before they start singing and do all this coughing and trying to clear their throat and then they're struggling through the whole song. That's why. All right, let's move on. The next thing. Oh, this is a good one. Soft drinks. Oh, having 
gassy drinks. Do you think that would make any sense before getting up on a stage? Gassy drinks, one is going to bloat you, so it's going to make your belly swell up. So if you're in a costume, it might, you know, make you not look as amazing. (laughs) That's one reason, but that's the vanity reason. But also putting all that gas into your body is going to make you want to burp. It's going to put air bubbles and gas bubbles all through your body of what you're trying to use. And they're going to want to come up either downstairs or upstairs. So gassy drinks and singing, big (laughs) no-no. There's two left here. I'm going to talk about chili. Okay, anything chili and trying to and trying to sing. Chilies are a hot food, right? They burn. So what they do is they actually burn your tissues. And this actually happened to me at a gig. I was doing um, an event and they gave us this amazing pasta with seafood and um, they had chili in it and it tasted amazing. But when I went up to sing, I couldn't hit any of my high notes anymore because I'd burnt all my tissues out because the chilies had burnt all my tissues, which was like a really big no-no. So chilies, avoid them when singing because they're going to burn out your throat and you need those tissues to sing and not be broken. Um, Just a little hint there for everybody that loves hot and spicy food. So let's talk about something that can heal your your voice when you're um, sick or your tissues, you've broken them all up from doing a bit of bad technique or talking really hard and you're like, oh, I've got to record and I've got to go do a rehearsal or a show and my voice is just, I've broken all my tissues up. What will help that is green tea. Green tea, and I didn't like green tea, green tea to start with either. So um, it's a, an acquired taste and you can slowly get into green tea. Green tea, I used to just at the beginning because I didn't, like anything tea or coffees or anything like that is just get the tea bag and dunk it in once or twice and drink it right um really light and then slowly your your taste buds will develop a taste to be able to dunk it in and leave it in there to drink also ginger um helps with healing so i would um get a a normal piece of ginger cut a knob off and put it into my tea so that again it just heals my body so ginger and green tea are amazing healers also honey is a healer honey heals the body you can put it on your skin it heals um it's a it's a it's an amazing thing so also if you're very dry and scratchy in your throat depending on what's happening with your body at that time and you have to go singing um honey will coat your throat like it it greases it up it keeps a a coating so that it won't rub sandpaper, the honey will keep it all lubricated. So again, if you're really dry or something's happening in your body and you have to sing, take a spoonful of honey. It'll grease you up, which is great, <laughs> which is awesome, right? So I've been talking about breaking up your tissues, yeah? Um, let's explain that. When, you're, when you uh, wake up in the morning and you've slept all night, What's happened inside in your throat, all your uh, tissues that are around your larynx reform together and they break up during the day. But in the morning, they're all together. They're all stitched together nicely if you haven't been abusing your voice. And you know when you wake up and you can't speak straight away and you go, hi, hi, morning, morning. What's happening is your tissues are all together. So the more that you speak, they slowly start breaking up over the day. And they can break, you know, you want them to break up 
um, not too heavily. You don't want them to to be all the way to hurting because that's what glottal attack is, remember? If you rip all your folds. So you have a limited amount of uh, tissue breaking that you want to do a day. Um, so as as your vo- as they, the tissues break up, um, if you break them up too hard by screaming or hurting your voice, that's where green tea and being quiet will repair those tissues to come back together. And that might take a day, two days, three days. When I was doing um, international gigs for over 10 years where it was six shows a day in different countries all the time, constantly touring um, and have no breaks whatsoever and I have to put on a show no matter what, um, there's no excuses. Green tea was and ginger and honey were my survivors. I would just live on that stuff because it, um, green tea um, is like when you be quiet and your tissues repair back to being able to talk green tea does the same thing so if you be quiet and do green tea it's like doubling your chances to heal quicker um so really if you're a singer bring that into your into your singing regime you can also steam um get in that shower breathe in get all that steam into your bronchioles into your lungs so that you can really clean out your voice okay um, I'm just trying to think of other things that I can help you with. Well, well you have me here. Um, but honestly, when it comes to your tissues, um, besides those little tricks, the best thing to heal is to be quiet. If you need your tissues to be repaired, you just need to shush. Don't, don't do anything. And then when you do want to sing, um, and when it comes to warm-ups, a lot of people like to do sirens and do scales and all this kind of thing. And I find if you do too much of that stuff, it's going to break up your tissues. And what do we, we want to not waste our tissues that we have for the day. We want to use them for the actual singing time. So I like to trill, right? Which again, I have a little free course on that on my website for you to check out just so that you can wake everything up and vibrate all your articulators but not break up all your tissues so you don't waste them. So many people will sit there for an hour before a performance and do all these warm-ups that <laughs> and break all their tissues up. And when they start to sing, they have you know, half the voice left. Um, and we don't want that, do we? So go check out that uh, the, those warm-ups that are safe and keep all your tissues going. And again, being like waking up in the morning, just humming (laughs) in the shower with all that steam is amazing. Plus, if you go to a lot of chemists, they have these plastic um, little steamers where you can put um, your hot water into the plastic steamer. So it's like mobile. So if you're going to a gig and you're there and you can't, you know, you're not going to have a shower. It has a little nozzle that you can put your face into and just breathe in the steam. If that's if you're really sick and swollen and you're hurting, it might ease if you're really dry because you're you're sick and you're on antibiotics and it's drying you out. Um, that can really help your body open up. Also with lemon, um, a lot of people say, I need lemon in my tea because it's going to help me sing. Lemon opens up your voice. So if your voice is normal and fine, you don't need to be eating something acidic um, and putting lemon in your water and thinking it's going to help you singing. You're better off not. Uh, normal water is fine Um, cold water a lot of people say oh don't drink cold water I do gigs all the time and when I'm hot I will drink ice cold 
water. Yes, it might, <laughs> it numbs your throat out a little bit, but if you have good technique, it shouldn't bother it at all. But if you're not sure or if it does affect you, just normal tap water. You don't need to have hot scalding water on your folds either. Just normal plain temperature water is fine if you need to lubricate or just a scoop of honey is probably better because water dries out in a second. Okay, so look, I hope all this, these little things help you. There's a lot to do with health and this is our instrument. So the more you can gain on health, and vocals and understanding your instrument. I, I, a lot of the years being younger and learning how to sing, once I got older and started learning all this other like stuff about my body and the pedagogy and the muscles, it put everything into place and made it more solid on what I was actually doing with my voice. So I do encourage you to do that. I would, I would say, please go to my website, www.getsinginglessons.com. In the menu bar, I have learned to sing online um, in in the menu bar. And if you scroll into that menu bar, I've got my courses there. Okay. Or you can go to my Facebook page, Get Singing Lesson. Um, It's at Get Singing Lesson on Facebook. And I have a shop there with all the courses. And the vocal lesson uh, health course is only $49. And I swear, I have jam-packed it with so much stuff. Plus, there's a lot of free courses um, um, as well as the breathing courses and body alignment and all that good stuff for not a crazy amount of money. So go check it out. I hope today has helped you. Um, It really is a briefing. And if you need to go over this a couple of times, do it. But if you're interested in really diagrams and all this stuff really helps better. I also have a video of an actual larynx working so you can see what your actual instrument does which is pretty amazing and and i explain what glottal attack looks like and soft onset and simultaneous flow phonation with an actual visual live throat which is you know it's going to make a lot more sense to you so go check all that out this is uh one of the last episodes i have a couple more episodes on this nine steps to vocal mastery course Um, next time we're going to chat about just going through all of them again briefly and then I'm going to have a little bonus uh, episode about performance and when you're performing just to give you a couple of extra little tips on that why not (laughs) I'm, I'm here to here to give it to you guys so I will see you next episode and I will talk to you soon